0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Say good morning to your neighbor to the right and to the left today we are in the fifth part of enlargement enlargement and the subtitle for today's teaching is it's time to plant it's time to plant from a prophetic standpoint it is time to plant we need to pay attention to planting what, what are we talking about? When, when God wants to enlarge situations, when he wants to enlarge things, many times he plants. That's the way the supernatural works. The spiritual realm is governed by seasons of planting and reaping. When God wants to enlarge a nation, he plants. When God wanted to create the world, he planted his word. He spoke his word. The word... Was a, a seed. So we need to understand how it works. In fact, concerning the parable of the sower, when the disciples of Jesus came to him and said, um, Explain this parable to us, Jesus said to them in Mark that if you don't understand the parable of the sower, you, in essence, can't understand how the kingdom of God works. So, on understanding planting and seasons and Reaping, you understand how the kingdom expands. It would say in another um, place that the kingdom of God is like yeast when you put in dough. In other words, when you plant the yeast in dough, before long it, the whole dough has been fermented. So we see the principle of planting everywhere in Scripture. In Mark 4, um, the Word of God says that the kingdom of God is like this. Someone plants some seed. Everybody say someone plants some seed. The kingdom of God is like this. Someone plants some seed in the ground. Then during both the day and night, whether that person is awake or asleep, Whether they are fasting or praying, whether they are eating or drinking, the seed is growing silently. You see that? Beautiful. Now, the person who planted the seed can't see how it is growing because it is hidden under the ground, but in darkness. Everybody say, in darkness. The soil is helping the seed to grow. First, the plant sprouts through, then the tender stock appears, then the stock puts on buds, then and finally the full herd of grain or fruit appears. Then, when it's ready and ripe, right, the farmer cuts it down because it's time for harvest. It's harvest time. So, there's harvest time and there's planting time we are in planting time as far as this year is concerned look at your neighbor and tell them it is time to plant so from this we often can't see the seeds growing in our lives when we sow good seeds we can't see them growing and sometimes we we get discouraged don't be discouraged the the farmer just plants the seed he knows it's growing we may not see so the question is this do you want to understand how life really works, then you need to understand the principle of planting. You need to understand the principle of planting. And particularly because God wires us to grow. We are wired to grow. When you were a child, nobody needed to command you to grow. You just grew. As long as you were healthy, you grew. Why? Because the human being is designed To grow so God expects growth from us so how do I fully understand planting it is time to plant how do I get into the full understanding of what is required of me how do I position how do I respond what is planting so today we are going to look at what we have called Ten laws of planting. Ten, you can call them ten bedrock laws of of planting. Of course, there may be other other laws, but this is what the ones we are sharing today. Ten laws of planting. And the first is this. Everything starts as a seed. Everything starts as a seed. The chair you are sitting on started as a seed in somebody's mind. The house you live in started as an idea, as a seed in someone's mind. You yourself, you started as a seed. Someone's seed met with someone's seed and boom, you happened just like that. It's a miracle, (laughs) you know. In fact, beyond their physical seeds coming together, guess what? The seeds of their ideas came together. Boy meets girl, girl loves boy, boy loves girl, and seeds are planted. Everything starts with a seed. So seeds are ideas, they are convictions, they are perspectives, they are habits. You can sow relational seeds, you can sow family seeds, you can sow financial seeds, you can actually also sow... Seeds of bitterness, you can sow seeds of hatred, you can sow seeds of jealousy, you can sow different kind of seeds. In Genesis 1 verse 11, at creation, Then God said, let the earth have seed-bearing plants, and let trees bear fruit with seeds in them. Then let those seeds produce Same kind of plant. (laughs) This is huge. And trees that they came from. So the earth was filled with seed bearing vegetation. Let those seed produce the same kind of plant. The seed will only produce the same kind of plant and trees that they came from. It's big. It's huge. So everything in my life, everything in your life comes from seeds planted by someone else. Everything in your life, everything in my life are in existence by seeds planted by someone else and ourselves. Everything. Everything. So, 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 so the question to you and I is this: the seeds you are planting now, do you want the kind of fruit that we grow from that kind of seed that you are planting? Do you want, do you, do you, want the kind of fruit that we grow from it? If you do not want the kind of fruit that we grow, stop planting the seed. You can stop. Have you started off on a path, and you're like? This seed I'm planting, you can stop now. Why? Because all you can do is plant the seed. You cannot determine the outcome of the seed. The the outcome of the seed is determined when the seed is planted. So, that's on one hand. On another hand, do I want the kind of fruit that we grow from the seed? They are planting in my life. So people are planting seeds in your life. Your phone is planting seeds in your life. You go on Instagram. Instagram is planting seeds in your life. CNN is planting seeds in your life. Cocomelon is planting seeds in the life of our children. Do I want the kind of food that these seeds will produce? That's the question. So, if you are spending more time on Facebook than having your face in God's book, you have have, have misplaced priorities. Misplaced priorities. If you are spending more time on Instagram than you are allowing God to keep you grounded. You are is placing your priorities because everything starts with what? With a seed, and because it starts with a seed, there is no such thing as instant growth. There's no such things. In fact, that's why seeds are so powerful because. When the seed is sown, you don't see anything. Nothing happens. So, when you sow a a negative seed into your life, or you allow people to sow negative seeds in your life, you're like, "Mm, you know, we shouldn't just be overly spiritual, you know. Because nothing happens in the physical. Nothing happens. Even when you plant the seed, nothing appears to be happening. But the seed has the power to bring to birth everything that is already coded in it. So, the best time to get rid of a future tree or future forest that you don't want in your life is to uproot the seed. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that every negative seed that has been deposited in your life is thereby uprooted in the name of Jesus. Even seeds that are deposited by genetic coding, God can reverse god can uproot and plant his own seed do i get an amen so there is no such thing as instant growth same thing the good things of of, of life too when you sow the seed of prayer it's as if nothing has happened it's like i've just prayed Mm. but guess what this seed has been sown keep on praying why because as surely as day follows night, your harvest will come. In the name of Jesus. Your harvest will come. Growth takes T-I-M-E. That's what happens to growth. That's how growth happens. Growth takes time. And you see, one of the frustrating things about life is when we get in a hurry and God is not in a hurry. It's very frustrating. As I happened to you before, you are in a hurry, you know, to get some stage of your life over and done with. It. It's as if God is. God is taking his time. He's taking his time. Why? Because growth is happening and God wants you to develop. God wants you to grow. Everything starts with a seed. Seeds are so powerful. You know, like the old cliche that anyone can count the seeds in an apple. But only God can count the number of apples in a single seed. Only God can count the number of apples in a single seed. But when you take an apple and cut it apple, you can count the number of seeds in the apple. But you can't know the number of Apples in that seed. Because that seed that you plant. Will become a tree. And the tree will have fruits. And the fruits will have seeds. And the seeds will be planted. And those seeds will have trees. And those trees will have fruits. And those fruits will have seeds. And those seeds will be planted. And the seeds will become trees. And the trees will have fruits. And you have a forest. You can't tell how far a seed will go. You can't. You can't seeds are so powerful so i'm excited about this season when god said to me it is time to plant i'm like "Ooh, time to plant i'm excited why because destinies are shaping this is our decade of destiny and you will see that we've had the first three years of the decade of destiny we are entering the fourth year of the decade of destiny and god is saying time to plant because enlargement has come upon you job 8, 7, the one of God says in Job 8, 7, that though what you start with seems small and insignificant, it says, you'll end up in the future with much in the name of Jesus. Though your beginning were small, your later hand will be greatly enlarged and greatly increased in the mighty name of Jesus. Though what you have is a seed, your future is a forest your future is a forest so the first law we see is that everything starts with a seed number two the second law of planting is this a seed has no power until it is planted if you have tomato seeds. If you have the seeds of the best fruits, the best, best vegetables, and you put it in the shelf, that seed is powerless. All the potentials locked up until it is planted. John 12, 24 to 25, Jesus speaking, says, unless a grain of wheat is planted and buried in the soil, it cannot reproduce. It will remain only a single seed. Says, but, but, If it dies, everybody, if it dies, if it dies, it will produce many seeds, much fruit, and much fruit. And if you selfishly hold on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give it up for this world, you will gain eternal life. So you have to be willing, you see, that's the secret of fulfilling your dreams and destiny. You have to be willing to die to your dreams in order for you to live that dream. Accept a con of weight. It is in the death that brings about the life. You have to be willing to die to yourself. You have to be willing to die to your own reputation before you can enter into your destiny in God. The problem with a lot of us is that we are custodians of our reputation. We are custodians of our own branding. We are custodians of our own PR, if you will. But listen, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies. When you see someone that is at the cross and is is as if, oh wow, this lady is going through death. Don't pity the lady. She's going to spring up and become a forest. Because that is the process of multiplication. That's the process of enlargement. So the question is, what do I need to do today in order to get where I want to be tomorrow? That's that's the question. What seed do I need to plant today for the harvest I want to see tomorrow? You see, as a pastor, I have the privilege of talking with a lot of people and helping people through life. One thing I've noticed is this some people not everybody some people just want to talk about their problems they're just fascinated about how life has been unfair to them I'm like do you want to keep complaining or do you want to do something about it do you want to die to yourself do you want to pay the price or do you want to just keep looking like a victim or do you want to pay the price and do the work that is required Many of us, we are waiting on God for a spouse. We are waiting on God for a job, that job. We are waiting on God for that promotion. We are waiting on God for that business breakthrough. We are waiting on God for that child. We are waiting on God for that fulfillment. But it may just be possible that you think you are waiting on God when God is actually waiting on you. I can tell you stories and stories and stories of of my life personally where I thought I was waiting on God and it dawned on me. Femi, you have to do this. You have to make this move. If you don't do this, heaven cannot do it for you. You have to make the move. God will do what only God can do, but God will not do what you can do. You have to do what you can do. You have to do what you can do. For instance, I'm basic things, simple things. You can actually brush your teeth. You can try it. You know that you can. You can actually brush your teeth. You know, you're talking to someone, your mouth is booming. You know, I I like all these girls. I don't know what's wrong with them. You know, no, nothing is wrong with them. Your mouth is booming. You can't brush your teeth. In fact, ladies too. In fact, increasingly, some ladies, their mouths smell a lot. I don't know what's going on. used to be guys, but now ladies too, their mouths are booming. They open their mouth and like, as a pastor, I know you can't do like this night. With me. Don't not be bad. I'll i just i just do a sinful. Well, maybe I pray, just, <laughs> you know, or maybe I look away, you know. Why? You can't actually brush your teeth. You're looking for a job. You show up. You have the right credentials. You look nice, but you open your mouth and the panel want to disappear. They want to run away. There are things God will not do for you, my brother, my sister. There are things you can't brush your teeth. You can't comb your your hair. You can actually put on some perfume to help, maybe if you need it. Hallelujah. (laughs) Isaiah 28, 24, and 26. Isaiah 28, 24, 26 says, Does a farmer, now listen to this, does a farmer always plow and never plant? Is he forever cultivating his soil, but never planting it? He says, no, the farmer knows just what to do. God, for God has given him understanding. I pray that God will give you understanding. That you will stop just plowing, 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 plowing and not plant anything. You know, same thing. Pray, 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 plow, plow, plow. You don't plant anything. You don't plant anything in in behavior. You don't plant anything in, in speech. You don't plant anything in good character. You don't plant anything in giving. You don't plant anything. Just keep plowing. You need understanding and God will give you today in the name of Jesus. So planting any kind of seed is an act of faith in the physical farmers are one of the biggest faith people ever because they plant their seed and they know, they believe it will grow. How do they know? They just know that inheriting the seed is the plant that they desire. When you plant a seed, you know it's an act of faith. Giving is an act of faith. Do you know? Tithing is an act of faith. You can't can't tithe if you don't have faith. You must have faith that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you, if you can't, you can't plant. Planting is for the faithfuls, people that are full of faith. Remember years ago, about, about 12 years ago, when Gospel House was started, <laughs> you know, I emptied my bank account to pay for, to, to show you how much I had. That was my life savings. <laughs> and he could only pay for two services at, at the pro, then prote Hotel. That was like seed money into God's kingdom. What was going to happen next? I didn't know. Planting any kind of seed is an act of faith. You must take that step. So, what is the need in your life? God is saying to you, there is a seed for every need. Whenever I have a need, I plant a seed. Anytime you have a need, plant a seed. Why? Because there is a seed for that need. There is a seed for every need. Think about the need, the biggest need you have in your life right now. Think about it. Listen, what God is saying to you is that there is a seed for that need. You have to be the one to plant the seed. God will not do that for you. But guess what? When you plant the seed, in time, God will bring about the harvest in the name of Jesus. Number three, some seeds should be planted instead of eating. Many people are eating their future. They've eaten their future, their children's future. They've eaten everything. Do you understand that God gives bread, seed to the sower and bread to the heater. So, but when he says God gives seeds to the sower and bread to the heater, God doesn't separate the two. The two come to the same form as seed. It is you that determine which one is bread to eat and which one is seed to plant. If you eat your bread, if you eat your seed, you can't plant your bread because once you've decided it's bread and it's processed, Is bread. But if you eat your seed, you eat the future. Joseph actually used this principle to actually save two nations. Joseph used the principle to save two whole nations. Save the nation of Egypt, save the nation of of Israel. In Genesis chapter 47, verse 20b to 25, I mean, amazing, amazing wisdom that God gave him. You know, he says, because the famine was so severe. Now, we explained that famine upon the nations, there was pandemic attacking the health and there's recession attacking the wealth of nations. It is not the first time in history. The word of God tells us clearly what to do. has shown us exactly how to respond. So, because the famine was so severe, everyone in Egypt sold their land to Pharaoh. <laughs> then Joseph told them this I will provide you with seed. Oh, it's huge, huge. The people were hungry. The people were hungry. And because they were hungry, they sold their land to the government. You would think that Joseph would say, I will provide you with bread. I pray that God will give you understanding, give us all understanding in the name of Jesus. Joseph said, I will provide you with seed so you can plant crops. Now, so it means that these people didn't have seed because they must have eaten their seed with their bread. Every time, God always makes provision for seed. So you can't plant crops. Joseph said, no, 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 I'm not going to give you bread. You need seed so you can plant crops. Then you harvest it. Now, when you harvest it, since you you don't know how to separate seed from uh, bread, you just chop everything, they go. (laughs) You are to give 20% back to the king. And you get to keep 80%. Now, this 80% you are keeping, listen to what Joseph told them: Don't eat all your seed. God is saying to you, don't eat all your seed. Use your seed to plant next year's crops so you can feed your family in the future. Because if you eat your seed, you are eating your future. The people replied, you have saved our lives. So what was Joseph saying? Joseph is saying that if you eat your seed, you'll be back to square one. Now you don't have land to trade again because the the government already owns your land. So this is what you do. Just as it takes great faith to trust God and tithe, it also takes great faith to save. Did you know that? It takes great faith to invest. You know, it's easy. You buy, oh, I need to buy that dress. Oh, I saw that dress. Oh, it will look really nice on me. Oh, I need to buy that bag. Oh, I saw that. Oh, I've been waiting for the day. I will just buy this. Oh, I'll just buy that. You are wasting your future. You're eating your future. Stop it. You have enough clothes. You do. I say, Pastor, how do you know? Well, I'm guessing you do. <laughs> you have enough bags. Have you noticed that when you didn't buy that bag, you didn't die. Your brain was actually working well. That's how God could bless you. Now you want to enter into foolishness and eat up your seed. No, don't do that, my brother. Don't do that, my sister. Listen to Joseph here. <laughs> no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Second Corinthians 9:10 says, God will supply seed to the farmer and bread to the heater will give you more and more seed to plant. It will make you, make it grow so that you can give away even more and more fruit. Guess what? God gives seed to the sower, bread to the eater. God says, you already have bread that you're eating. You have bread, you have your basic necessities. God did not say, I'll give you more and more bread so that you become fat and obese. God says, no, I will give you more and more seed so that you can have abundance for you, your children, and be a blessing to other people, millions and millions of other people. Hallelujah. Some seed should be planted and not eaten. Number four, whatever I plant is what I will reap is what I will harvest. Does the farmer plant corn? And when he's on his way home, he says, I wonder if I'm going to rip t- tomatoes. The farmer doesn't wonder if you've planted tomatoes, doesn't wonder, I'm not going to rip cucumbers. There is no one that plants oranges and is wondering, oh, maybe apple will come up out, out of this tree. Why don't we do that? Well, we are not? If anybody does that, you think they're crazy, right? Why don't we do that? So why do we think we plant something and reap something else? What do you actually think you plant something and reap something else? It's lunacy. It's madness. And that's why people are in bondage. Galatians 6, 7 says don't be deceived do not deceive yourselves no one can make a fool of god you will reap exactly what you plant exactly what you plant if you plant bamboo it's bamboo that is coming up if you plant figs it's figs that's coming up if you plant oranges plant mango it's mango that is coming up whatever you plant you will reap exactly whether you believe it or not, you know, plant corn. and say, I don't even believe corn will come out. I believe by faith that um, oranges will come out. Believe from now till tomorrow, corn will come out. Go there with your Bible, prophesy to the corn. Oh, corn I hear prophesy, you will come out as grapes. <laughs> corn will come out. You don't, you don't even need to pray about it. So, whether you believe it or not, whether you understand it or not, whether you know the biology of it or not, it works both ways. It could be a positive blessing or a negative curse. If I am going around planting seeds of kindness, planting seeds of grace, seeds of generosity, seeds of forgiveness, seeds of mercy, guess what I'm going to reap. I'm going to reap grace. I'm going to reap mercy. I'm going to reap generosity. I'm going to reap abundance of those. But if you are going around planting seeds of criticism, beef, hatred, jealousy, you're planting seeds of gossip, anger, injustice, prejudice, you're planting seeds of division, you are going to reap exactly what you have planted in multiple fold. I don't even need to pray about it. If you don't like what you is looking like, you are going to reap. Change what you are you are assuming. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's how it works. So if if you go around, it's like a double-edged sword, tearing people down. As everyone leaves, as day follows night, your life will be torn down and torn apart. That's how it works. What you sow, that is what you will reap. Proverbs 11, 18 says, dishonest people can get rich in a moment. It may appear that nothing is happening. It may appear that they're getting rich, they're dishonest, getting rich. says, but if you plant righteousness, you will harvest a reward that lasts. Why? Because dishonest people that sow and appear to be getting rich, they're coming to destruction. Proverbs 13, verse 10 says, A stupid person plants discord and conflict by making arrogant assumptions. Are you making arrogant assumptions? Were you there? Were you there? You weren't there. You're making arrogant assumptions. Oh, we are not fools. Oh, we are not. You're making arrogant assumptions. You're planting discord and conflict in your life. Why do you want to destroy your children? Why are you planting seeds that will destroy your generation? It says, but those who listen to advice will be wise. Proverbs 16, 28 says, troublemakers plant seeds of strife and their gossip separates best friends. What seeds are you planting? Proverbs 22, 8 says, those who plant seeds of injustice will harvest disaster. Are you planting seeds of injustice? Expect disaster. That's the harvest you get. He says, however, it says their reign of terror will come to an end. It always comes to an end. Hosea 10, verse 12 says, if you plant the good seed of righteousness, guess what? You will harvest a crop of my love. So God is saying, choose the seeds that you are planting Why? Because whatever I plant is what I will reap. Whatever you plant, my brother, whatever you plant, my sister, is what you will reap. There's no fasting that can change it. There's no, listen, you take all the prayer warriors to the farm, plant corn, and pray that it will change to tomato. (laughs) No, 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 no. The thing you can do is quickly be uprooting the corn that you are planting. Quickly uproot it. That's the only solution. But as long as that seed is there, the harvest is sure. Number five, I am not the only one. Now, this is big. I am not the only one planting in my life. I'm not the only one planting in my life. In John 4:38, John 4:38, Jesus said, I sent you to reap where you didn't plant. Wait a minute. It means that you are reaping things you did not plant, both good and bad. Wow. Others have already done the work before you and you will gather the harvest. Either the good work or the bad work, you will gather the harvest. So you are reaping both good and bad from those that have gone before you. Your ancestors, did you know that? Your family, your members, other people that had influence in your life, your your fathers, your mothers, you are reaping what they have sown. Good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, you are reaping everything. So is is that really fair? Is it fair that you are reaping the good ones? Some people get into things and they, are, they just have trouble. Why? Because they are reaping what their parents have sown, which is why you have to be careful what you are sowing. Your children will reap it. You have to be careful. So you have to be deliberate. You know, we're, we're speaking I mean, at the Governance of Wealth um, kick-off meeting that we had, that you, what we are doing Is affecting our children our children's children. The seeds we are sowing, they will benefit from it. They'll benefit from it. So your life and your decisions and the seeds you choose to plant are going to affect the future generations. Many of us, I've shared it before, we are enjoying the prayers of our parents. You know, I'm definitely enjoying the prayers of my mom, my grandmother, you know, However, we also have to tackle the bad decisions of our ancestors. You have to tackle them and overcome them. Then you have to be deliberate in making sure that your life and your decisions are planting great and generational blessings. Do I get an amen? I am not the only one Planting in my life. Other people are planting in your life. As you are sitting down in church or listening to me, wherever, I'm planting seeds of God's word in your life. I'm planting in your life. An harvest is going to come. Hallelujah. Number six, I harvest in a different season than I plant. And that's, that's why it makes it tricky. You know, sometimes we plant in a season, we think, oh, we you harvest in the season. No, you harvest in a different season. You plant in the planting season. You harvest in the harvest season. So, if you plant, and this was a king in Israel, and they said that this thing that, you do, that he's doing is going to affect his children, he says he doesn't mind, that at least he will not be alive. Are you that kind of a person? You're making horrible decisions. You know it's going to affect your children, but you're thinking, oh, since it's, it's not going to happen in my time. There are leaders of nations that are that are eating the future and destiny of generations to come. They don't care because pff, it's not going to happen in my time. Different seasons. Ecclesiastes three, one to five. I'm, 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 I mean, concatenating them. It says they is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to scatter, a time to gather. You harvest in a different season than you plant. So you've sown a seed in a season. Don't worry, Your your harvest is coming. It is coming. It will overtake you. You can't escape it. It is coming. Number seven, I always harvest more than I plant. (laughs) That's just you know, both ways. If you plant kindness, you will harvest so much kindness, much more than you planted. If you plant hatred, you you are just you know people are oh pastor let's pray you know people are just hating me you know no 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 what are you planting? Are you planting? If you plant gossip, what are you planting? If you plant generosity, that's why people everywhere will just be helping you. They'll be generous towards you. Your children will get to places that people will just want to help them. They will just be helping your children. And you are not there. Guess what? It's the seed of generosity you have planted. Your children are reaping the harvest. They are reaping the harvest. Genesis twenty-six, verse twelve. So Isaac planted seed where he was living, and that year he gathered a hundredfold harvest from what he planted, because the Lord blessed him. The Lord blesses you. You will harvest a hundredfold. Amen. You know, some people cannot even say amen <laughs> because they are awakened now to the reality of the bad seeds they've sown. So I pray that you will harvest a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. Say amen. I say amen because by the grace of God, I only sow good seeds. Amen. If you cannot say amen, it's okay but just know that you need to Set your ways right and put your house in order. Mark 4 8 says, Some seed fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, multiplying. Everybody say multiplying. 30, 60, and even a hundred times. So, like we said, this principle will either work for you, and I pray it works for you, or it will work against you, depending on what kind of seed you choose to plant. You know, it's a deception that you can continue to tear people down and expect that your life will be in order. It can't be, because you will reap exactly what you plant. It's also deception for you to think that you will be serving God the way you are serving God. You are doing God's bidding. You are helping God's church. You are sowing seeds. Churches are being planted. And you will think your life will not be better. It is impossible. Your children will be better off. Your children will prosper. I know someone that I've shared it before. She's doing so well. So happy. She's my friend. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, She. she, says she knows God. You know, and, but I know that the result that she's getting is not because of our own, I just know that. You know, if you're a spiritual person, you can discern say things, I just know. So, but I couldn't place my finger at it. So someday we're talking and she was saying to me how her father built several churches, as in bankrolled the building of those churches. I said, ah. <laughs> and the father is late today. Aha, and I'll explain to her this favor you are getting. This is the source of it. She says she knows. Says she knows. I'm like, oh wow. I said, so you be careful what you are sewing for your own children. Because it will be, I mean, it works both ways. Number eight. I can increase my harvest by planting more seed. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. In other words, if I'm receiving an harvest of kindness, I can increase the harvest of kindness I'm receiving by planting more seeds of kindness. If I'm receiving a harvest of generosity, people are being generous towards me. I can increase that harvest by planting more seeds of generosity. That's how it works. It's, it's called the law of proportion. In fact, all of these laws, we could, we could sum them up as um, law of multiplication, more law of proportion, law of origin, and those kind of things. But I, do, I, do, I moved away from that because I, I, want to, I wanted to break it down to simple things like I can increase my harvest by planting more seed. Everybody understand that? But if I say law of proportion, okay, yeah, most people will understand that. It's law of proportion. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 to 7. 2 Corinthians 9:67 says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly, if you sow chew will reap sparingly. You will reap chew Whoever sows generously, if you sow, yafu, yafu. You will reap generously. You will reap how? Everybody say, yafu." yafu. You really put your finger full. On. Each one should give what is decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Proverbs eleven twenty four. Proverbs 11, 24 says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Oof. destiny you choose this is a decade of destiny you choose what do i want number nine the ninth law you can call it the law of continuity the law of consistency but we'll break it down to number nine the ninth law is i should always be planting good seeds i should always be planting law of consistency always be planted ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 says those who wait for perfect conditions will never plant seeds and those who look at every cloud will never reap a harvest. If you are waiting for perfect condition, never plant seed. If if you are looking at every cloud, you will never reap a harvest. If you are looking for perfect, no, I want this to be, no, just keep, it In the morning, plant. In the afternoon, keep planting. Perfectionism paralyzes potential. If you want to be perfect before you even deploy your potential, you will never be all that God has called you to be. If you want to be perfect before you shoot your first video, if you want to be perfect before you put up your first web- website, <laughs> you will never become the global leader that God has called you to be. In fact, did you know, try and Google Um, Facebook's first website. Horrible stuff. In fact, you'll be ashamed for yourself if they say that that was your first website. But look at Facebook today. Google Twitter's first website. Microsoft's first website. All those great guys Google their first website. But they started it. They put something out there. They kept improving. They kept improving. They kept improving. Stop waiting for perfect conditions. Keep on sewing. Keep on working. Keep on planting. Keep on planting. And boom! Your harvest will be overwhelming in the name of Jesus. Keep on planting. Good seed. Ecclesiastes eleven six. 6, but time we get to verse 6. It says, Do your planting in the morning and that in the evening too. You never know whether it will all grow well or whether one planting will do better than the other. But guess what? This is Old Testament speak. The principle remains. However, for us, Every good seed will do well in the name of Jesus. They may do well beyond each other, but they will all do well in the mighty name of Jesus. Number 10, the 10th law is this. While waiting for my harvest, I must be patient and not give up. Galatians 6, 9. It says, we must not become tired doing good we must not become tired of doing good. He says, we will reap a harvest at the right time. If, it was a if, if we do not give up, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You will not give up in the name of Jesus. Everything that is making you tired, God will remove. God will strengthen you. You will have more strength to keep going in the name of Jesus. So you can't do anything, you may not be able to do anything about your last year's harvest, about the harvest of the, last, of the years past, but you can start planting good seeds today. You can, why? Because everything starts with a seed. A seed has no power until it's planted, so you have to plant it. Number three, some seed should be planted Instead of eating, so you have to plant your seeds, don't eat your seed. And number four, whatever I plant is what I will harvest. Number five, I am not the only one planting in my life, so be aware of the people that are planting in your life. Number six, I harvest in a different season than I plant. And number seven, I always harvest more than I plant. Number eight, I can increase my harvest by planting more seed. Number nine, I should always be planting good seeds. Always be planting good seeds. And number 10, while waiting for my harvest, I must be patient and not give up. So I want to us um, to wrap up with two questions. Two questions as we close. The first question is this. What losses have I experienced in the past years? What losses have I experienced in the past years that I haven't grieved over yet? Say, Pastor, grief? Yeah. God wants us to grieve over our losses. In fact, grief is how we get through transitions of life. Did you know that? If you don't know how to grieve, you won't know how to make progress. People are stuck in the past because they they, they don't know or they've not grieved about it. So they've not transitioned. So we are product of our past. But we we are not supposed to be prisoners of our past unless we are stuck because we did not grieve. What trauma have you gone through? What thing, what pain, what grief have you experienced? what loss God expects that you grieve. Why? Because grief is healthy. Mourning is legitimate. God expects that you properly grieve so that you can experience the closure that is required for you to transition into the new that God has preparing for you. Psalm 126 verse 5 to 6 says to us, Psalm 126 verse 5 to 6 says, Those who plant in tears, you see that? Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. You may be grieving, but be planting. That's what God is saying. You can't, You may be grieving, but be planting. It's okay to, to plant while you are grieving. It's okay to to, to to shed tears. It's okay to, to mourn. It's okay to, to, to tear up. It says, they weep as they go to plant their seed. It says, but they sing as they return with a harvest. You are going to return with a harvest as you keep planting in the name of Jesus. So it's okay to plant with tears. It's okay to grieve the losses in your life it's okay to weep over what you have lost while you are planting seeds of your future. You know, one of the questions that I get quite often, particularly recently, is, is that, Pastor, how are you able to overcome so much adversity? Are you able to o- overcome so much betrayal, so much, and you are still able to move on? It's, it's, it's not simple. I can say it's simple, but it's not simple. <laughs> you know, it's because I've learned to grieve Sometimes I just sit down and I cry like a baby. I used to cry a lot. 2020 was a year of tears. I wept and wept and wept. But I I kept planting. I would get up and I would still preach. I would get up and I would still serve God. I would get up and I would still help people. I would get up and I would still minister. But guess what? Grieving is the transition to greatness. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. So it's okay to weep over what you have lost while you are planting seeds for your future. The second question is this. What personal plowing and weeding do I need to do before planting? You know, what personal plowing and weeding do I need to do? Jeremiah 4.3. Jeremiah 4.3 says, your hearts have become hard like an unplowed field where weeds have taken over. So, plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seeds by planting among weeds. Many of us, they say, Pastor, how do I do that? It's simple. Many of us, we have planted weeds Hatred, gossip, tearing stuff apart. So how do I remove the weeds? You make good what you have done. You plow your heart in repentance. You correct and uproot the weeds. Then you can begin to sow good seeds. So before I can plant the seed, I have to take out the weed before I can plant good seeds, I have to take out the weed. And for some of us, the weed of our lives is that because of how the, this decade has come upon us, we've moved away from Christ. We may be one leg in church, but you know where you were and you know where you are. You need to come back to Christ today. You need to recommit your life to Jesus. You know why? Because it is time. To plant it is time to plant you're like pastor pray with me that is me wherever you are wherever you are in the auditorium you are online i want to pray with you so wherever you are i need you to put up your hand now over your head put it up over your head i'm going to turn it over to the rp and it's going to pray with us